podcast that you're listening to is being presented to you with the cooperation of the SJ Network. If you're a person who needs a publicist and you want to appear on podcasts, contact Stephen Joyner at s-j-network.com. Let's get on with the show. Today's guest, DJ Shatin, was once a cybersecurity expert for the government. I once worked for a computer keyboard company. They fired me for not putting in enough shifts. Somehow, I get the feeling that the Sherpa won't get hired to write computer jokes. Attention, rebels of the Sherpolution. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We would like to give you a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial simply by heading to www.audibletrial.com slash Sherpa. There are over 180,000 titles of audiobooks and podcasts, including this one, to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And now, the one and only Mr. Bruce will lead you into the Sherpa chalet. As a reminder, you can only bring one mountain lion at a time on the elevator. Coming to you from Sherpa Chalet in beautiful downtown Mount Podcastia, it's time for entertainment interviews in the Sherpa screening room. Grab an aisle seat and a bucket of popcorn, but don't crunch too loud or you'll miss the show. Now, here's your host, Jim, the podcast Sherpa. And welcome to the Sherpa Screening Room, a presentation of Too Many Podcasts. It is I, Jim the Podcast Sherpa, your faithful Sherpa, leading you through these mountains of podcasts. And occasionally we stop and do a special show like this where we get to speak with folks from the entertainment field. And today's guest is an actor that I got to know and uh, interesting story with this guy. He was originally a cybersecurity expert who ended up as an actor, and he didn't hack his way into it, I promise you. <laughs> this guy is the real deal. His name is DJ Shatin. We got to talk to him. He is up in Boston, Massachusetts, and he's doing a lot of stuff, and there are a lot of projects coming out that, unfortunately, he couldn't really talk about in our interview, but he definitely is a face to watch and just to keep an eye out for. And when we hear some stuff, what we will do is we will post it on our social media page, Sharpolution at... Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But before we do all of that, let's get to know the man right now. Hello there, Rebels. We are here in the Sherpa screening room, and I have got an up-and-coming actor joining me from Beantown. Do they still say Beantown? Are they allowed? <laughs> I think so. I think they do say that sometimes. <laughs> okay. His name is DJ Chetin. We're going to get to know him. He's got an interesting background, and uh, well, we're going to get to know his story and how he ended up as an actor, as they say. So, welcome to the show, DJ. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, you were, as you were just telling me, you were originally a California kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up in Northern California, uh, up in the sticks, in the middle of nowhere, um, uh, right next to the Redwoods. So, I, growing up, I ran cross-country and everything through there. So, that's home for me. And then uh, you said you moved around a little bit. Your dad was a, your dad was a Chips? Yeah, he was a Chips. He was California Highway Patrol. I uh, didn't ride the motorcycle, but uh, but he was a, a sergeant in, in charge of the area and the region up in Northern California. So he took care of that. 
Um, but yeah, I went to college in Vermont at a private military university, Norwich. So I went through ROTC there uh, for a few years and whatnot, and then uh, studied mathematics and computer science. So um, pretty, pretty deep stuff that I could not be tested on now. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing the stuff that you can easily forget that you learned in college, right? Oh, easily, easily. I dumped it immediately. <laughs> but those soft skills are still there. I'm a, I'm a problem solver at heart and a scientist. So <laughs> I remember taking a philosophy course and well, no, I don't I actually remember it referring to it as nap time. <laughs> that was about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was my philosophy. I'm good at falling asleep in school. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you, what were you doing when you were in the military school? You said you were kind of watching over the, like the, the troubled kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, the last couple of years, I was in charge of the trouble kids. So people that would kind of get caught drinking alcohol on campus or doing things that wasn't in line with the rules, they would lose all of their privileges and be back to being like freshmen again. And okay. we have to watch them. They have to come to every formation and everything else, and they have to check all the boxes. And then uh, the worst part of it all, from uh, my perspective, for them, was uh, walking tours. And that's when you'd have to like walk, walk in circles out on the upper parade ground in front of everyone on the weekends. So that's how you spent like your Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings walking with a rifle on your shoulder. Your arm would get tired because you'd have to like switch that rifle to each different shoulder about every, I think, 15, 20 minutes. And they, you'd walk a tour for like 45 minutes. Oh, it, it, that's rough life. And trust me, I've, I've walked tours. I, I got in trouble my sophomore year, so I'm not innocent. But uh, <laughs> Is it, is it anything that you can share or you'd rather not? Uh... Oh, come on. It's uh, underage drinking stories in college. Come oh, on. Okay. Who's, who's not guilty of that? A little bit every now and then, right? Very true. So with a computer science background, you got into cybersecurity then from, from there. I did. I did. So I, uh, I went into the Department of Defense. I got into an internship program and uh, they wanted to build up leaders for the future within the, uh, within the federal government. And uh, I had an opportunity to shadow generals, colonels, and everything else, learn some soft skills. But then uh, they focused me in on the cybersecurity area. And, uh, and I had fun with that. It was, I, I ended my time with the federal government with the Special Operations Command. I was in charge of classified and unclassified networks and making sure they were protected and configured the way that they needed. See, I, I can't, do, I know you can't ask you too many questions about that. Like what were the tricky ones and was there anything we would be familiar with? <laughs> oh, come on. You can always talk in generalities. I can't just get talk specifics, right? <laughs> it, it might involve another country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take your guess, right? You probably got like two choices. <laughs> There you go. So, I mean, w was that going to be your original career goal? You were just going to get into cybersecurity once you locked in with the Department of Defense? Yeah, that was the original career goals. I, I was sticking around with them, but I, I hit some challenges as one does. Um, and you hit kind of these uh, these caps where you're like, okay, well, I see that in, in my career path, this is where I'm going to be for the like next like 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. And I just wasn't interested in that. So um, I, I kind of knocked a few big things out of the park on my way out. I did, uh, there's four very significant um, inspections that I finished with uh, kind of about a year before I left. But then I went and got my own master's uh, online at, at my own pace, which I absolutely love and recommend if people are looking for a master's program. Western Governors University. Um, it, I already had all the knowledge necessary, so it was easy to knock it out of the park. Very cool. All right, so where did acting fit into all of this? This is oh, man. It's an interesting switch. 
quite a quite a big career switch, huh? <laughs> So where acting comes in for me is it's it's a dream, right? It's everyone's dream that they've kind of always had on the side and they've had in the background. It's something that I've always been interested in and intrigued by. Now, um, my brothers and I, we we love playing with each other. And it's kind of our, our childhood still uh, when we get together. We're just boys. And uh, we do all sorts of different um, games with each other. We're quoting movies and everything all the time. We're always doing bits. Um, but, uh, what we, what we've created more recently is scavenger hunts, like, uh, live action role-playing scavenger okay. hunts. So I've created like this, uh, this whole secret society that my family has been a part of, and, like you're getting recruited into it. Right. Um, there was a time that I was under the St. Louis arch in St. Louis. So the arch in St. Louis, okay. I was standing under that. It was at night and, um, I had this giant cowboy hat on like this, 70s slick shirt and a big a big giant cash sign like golden necklace right okay. a big old, big old sunglasses almost like a guy from Texas right and I was standing under there and uh, it was night and all of a sudden these high headlights get put on me and the park rangers have their guns drawn like hey what are you doing here sir I was like hands up right I had my hands up no cameras around for this. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and I was like, Hey, just playing a game with my brothers. Right. And they're like, Hey, parks closed. <laughs> so it was like, Oh, whoops. I didn't realize it was closed. Uh, where, where can I go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the darkness in the empty parking lot. What just wasn't a dead giveaway. Oh no, 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 no. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a dead giveaway that there wasn't anyone else around, you know? So, uh, but yeah, so we, we like to push the buttons a little bit with the live action role playing stuff. So it's just something that we do to create this world within a world. Right. We have fun with each other. <laughs> when you were in there with the, with the slick shirt and the cowboy hat, did you, did you give him your actual name or did you have to like make some? Oh, no, 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 no. They didn't even ask my name. They were just like, all right, move along, sir. They, they probably, I don't know what they were thinking when they saw me. They were like, wow, this guy's a character. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a pimp? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is this guy a pimp? What's he, what's he doing here? <laughs> Is that too many hookers by the arches? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, we just really enjoy movies and everything. And, and once, uh, once I kind of came out of my own shell personally, um, because I had some significant life changes going on for me, it was, uh, it was about like kind of waking up to, okay, you know what? This could be a reality. This could be something that I could try out and actually do. And it became uh, pretty easy to get onto sets uh, in the Boston area because it's up and coming in the region. Um, there's a lot of work going on there and everything because Massachusetts has that great uh, tax rebate for movies, right? So, um, so work's been coming up here and I just had an opportunity to get on a couple big, uh, big sets with a uh, share camera with a couple A-listers and, uh, and just have a good time, you know, and it ha- having it be a kind of a positive experience. And for me, um, what acting is, it's not, it's, it's not even about the dream of obtaining it. It's more about, um, the challenge of being able to do it myself and okay. also uh, also kind of like helping me pull life together because I feel like most people always act like someone else wherever they are, right? They go to work, they act like one person. They go to the grocery store, they're acting like another person because they think that's who they need to be in that socially accepted area, right? And for me, I think that's what acting becomes is uh, I've always adapted to many different environments and many different types of people that I've interacted with throughout my life. And I think acting just helps me pull that together as one, right? (laughs) 
I would say, you know, given the story that you've said so far about your life, you know, you, you've been, you've been in really different situations and yeah. you have to acclimate to that, you know, those kind of backgrounds. Yeah. And for me, it's about, um, acclimating is always about in the moment, the present moment, because it's mm-hmm. always about taking information in immediately, right. And adapting to it. So I feel like that's what acting does as well is you're there, you're present you're ready to take that information in and simulate a conversation, right? In a safe environment, actually, right? Where you can actually express your emotions. <laughs> <laughs> Almost really just like a natural way of being a method actor in a sense, oh. because you're letting the, the surroundings dictate how you're going to interact with people. Exactly. And, and I'm very empathic and very sensitive. And I've just come around to like realizing that, right. And, mm-hmm. and coming around to accepting and embracing that. And I feel like that's what part of being like an actor is, is accepting yourself, right. Once you accept yourself, then you can take up that space that you need to. Were you a big movie guy or TV guy growing up? Always, always. Yeah. I, yeah, I love movies and everything else. I uh, love the classics. Um, some of my, my top five, let's go to top five movies. Sure. All right. Uh, the matrix that had a big impact on me as a kid and kind of like drove my interest in computers and programming and everything. Um, the princess bride, uh, just cause that's a classic. Come on. Like that's inconceivable. <laughs> inconceivable. <laughs> yes. So, uh, that one. And then, uh, Deadpool for comedy and whatnot. That's a, a that's one of my uh, good ones. Um, I would say my fourth one is probably What Dreams May Come uh, with Robin Williams, if you remember mm-hmm. that. That was a really good one. Okay. I, I love the concept and the story of it. And then um, I go with Primer. Uh, it's an independent film, and it's, uh, it's actually on time travel. And it, it's low budget, but it blew it out of the park and has a really good cult following. So if, you, if you're interested in a very complex uh, design of time travel. They go into depth on it. And it's really, really interesting. Now, you know, these are clearly very different genres of movies. <laughs> <laughs> Although they do kind of have, some have like a little bit of a supernatural aspect to them though. Yeah. So, did you have like any uh, favorite actors? Ooh, uh, favorite actors growing up. I would say we were always quoting Arnold Schwarzenegger. So a lot of his movies and everything, we just loved like, a, his attitude, right? The, the can do kick, kick ass, right? Like hey, I'm going to kick everybody's butt. This is the way it goes. And it's done. Uh, I own this place, right? This is mine. <laughs> so that kind of attitude was always fun. Um, I enjoyed watching Billy Crystal as well. Growing up, very creative man, right? With his music and everything else that he did. So he was always fun to watch. And then, uh, we love three amigos also. That's a classic for us. So um, you got Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, and Martin Short, right? You can't beat those. <laughs> For classic comedy, right? Classic, clean comedy, right? So Tell me about your first movie that you weren't an extra in, that you, you started like getting more into not just being part of the scenery. Yeah, so um, let's, I, I feel like uh, the first one that I, I hammered in, I, I had been doing a few things before, a few shows, like uh, okay. Castle, Castle Rock, I was a background on. So it was kind of fun to see that and then watch the show, right? And see how that little part played into it, right? Um, for like 10 seconds. And then, <laughs> um, but I feel like where I started to get the taste for acting was with uh, Don't Look Up. I was, a, I was a background actor on that one. 
And it was the same day that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence are on set. They're kind of like getting rushed onto a plane. And I'm one of the military people that kind of like walk in front of them as they're going by. I'm, I'm on the screen for like a quarter of a second, right? You'll see my silhouette on the right-hand side, big giant head. Can't miss it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and that, but that, that was the first day that I got to kind of like share a set with an A-lister. And that was like really fun for me. And I really enjoyed it. And, um, and then the second time, I can't say what movie it is, but I shared another scene uh, with an A-lister. I was, I was standing like kind of right in front of them and kind of walking along and kind of crossing the path with them on camera. So we'll see if that if that comes through once it's uh, out there. But that was another fun moment for me where, again, I'm not saying any lines yet, but sharing those moments. It must give you an, an interesting perspective when you're doing scenes like that and someone with like that big a name is like mm -hmm. five feet away from you. What, what's going on through your head when like when you're in that kind of moment? I feel like uh, for me, it, it's fun. One, it, one, it's like, yay, this is exciting. Like you're seeing behind the camera and how everything works behind uh, behind movies. So it, that little kid inside of me is like, yay. And then the, uh, the other side of me is like, all right, focus on what you're doing, right? Like make sure you're, you're being that character, what's there, right? Because that's what helps set up the scene. That's what helps supports them to take that moment and make it something real. So it's making sure that you're like, okay, yeah, this is exciting and everything, but you can't just be like, <laughs> like, hey, look at me, I'm in the back room, hey, mom, right? Like, so, so you gotta, you gotta control yourself, right? You gotta uh, pull those emotions in and make sure that you're able to take in that moment uh, and do what need, needs to be done. Could you talk a little bit about Just One Lie? Oh, that's so that show hasn't come to fruition yet. That was a that was a little show that that came out and everything. And I'm I'm on the docket to be included as a part of that project, but it hasn't been pushed yet. Yeah, because I saw there was something on the I on your IMDb page that there was like a pilot yeah. episode. So yeah, no, no, I'm not part of that yet. I mean, upcoming work for me right now. Um, I'm, I'm looking at starting to pick up steam again, probably in the next month or two, because I, I, I am a working professional, right. Working in cybersecurity. So it's, it's tough to find those free moments to get into acting and everything. But, um, but I, I do, I do have a clean plate coming up in the next couple months. So that's when I'm going to start picking back up the acting stuff and seeing what else I can get into. And, um, I, I also possibly have a project taking me out to LA, but I can't talk too much about that because again, hope blows with the wind in this industry. It, it just goes right with it. It's like, hey, you're in. Nope, you're out. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're filming next week. No, wait a second. <laughs> so you just have <laughs> my to, best yeah. scenes are on the cutting room floor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, you just have to kind of roll with the punches on it, and you just kind of go where the go where the sh the wind blows. You said something and, and, and an idea just kind of popped in my head. Did you ever try out for a movie or TV show where you play a cybersecurity expert? No, not yet. No, 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 no. Absolutely not yet. Um, I, I feel like um, my standard, uh, I think, uh, role right now that I'd be typecast for would be something like a policeman or a cop, right? Because I think I'd pick up that same vibe with the uh, the security, the cybersecurity aspects, as well as uh, my father brushing off on me. Right. So <laughs> that's, that's true. You got it in the genes too. So. Yeah, I can't help it. Right. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to, you got to put it to work somewhere. Yeah, exactly. You got to do something with it. <laughs> Usually, you know, when I'm talking with a lot of up and coming actors, you know, I, I like to ask them for advice because, you know, if there are actors who are listening or people, you know, people who would like to get into the acting field, what, what are some of 
uh, the things that maybe people should know that they're not aware of? So I, I, so there's, there's a few things I would like to say to that. Cause I think it's the great personally from what I've seen is that it does help when you take classes. So look at the different casting agencies in your area, what trainings they offer. Um, in the Hollywood area, they're looking for a specific type. But in the Boston area, it's more about who you know. And they'll be like, and they have like a Rolodex of people that they know that they're like, okay, these are the people that are, can fill these different roles or these different things. And then they'll reach out to those people and they kind of get a head start against everyone else. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the Boston area, taking those classes allows you to be seen by some of those people who are performing casting for big projects, right? So that's an opportunity that is there. So take those classes, right? Yeah, that's the one thing. And show up every week and work on it and, and face yourself. Like it, it's, it's hard, but you have to face yourself and face your mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think uh, I, I've seen, so I've done acting classes in the area, a few different ones. Um, but every time we'll start with like 15 to 20 people and then it dwindles down to like seven by the end, right? Like they, most people kind of drop out and stop showing up. So I would say a big, a big thing for success when it comes to this business is just showing up, being a professional, right? It's a, it's a job also. So show up there. If you're committed to it, commit to it. Don't like they, they, everyone's schedule is revolving around whoever shows up on time. Right. And everything else. So they've got it down to a T. It's a science for them. They need the lighting to be perfect outside. Right. When they're when they say action. So um, making sure that you're just there and paying attention and uh, being a part of the process. So that, that's a very consistent answer with what I get from a lot of other actors about about being patient as well. Yeah. You know, like when you're working on a set that, you know, things aren't going to happen in just 30 seconds and you're going to be done. That's what they think, right? That's what everyone thinks. It's like you see it on the TV. It takes 30 seconds, right? Right. Now, you don't realize that that took four hours for them to set everything up, to set the lighting up, to get it perfect, to make sure that it fits and is consistent with the rest of the film as well, right? right? So it all needs to look the same. Otherwise, your, your brain kind of goes, ah, I don't want to watch this, right? So it's a, it's a lot of, uh, in the military, they say, hurry up and wait, right? There's a lot of hurry up and wait. That's the same thing with movies. It's a lot of hurry up and then wait for that right moment, that sweet spot where you slide that last piece in, right? And you're like, got it. <laughs> <laughs> I it. That's, that's a very good way to put it. And also, even with uh, the, the arc of your career, you have to be patient too, that you know, that overnight success story doesn't really happen because usually that guy that came out of nowhere is probably, or, or woman, uh, is somebody who's probably been doing it for 10 to 15 years and they were in the background and, yep. you know, maybe they had like one or two lines on a soap opera or they did a, you know, a commercial when they were a little kid. And then all of a sudden the, the, the timing was right for them. They start, they all of a sudden have a look that everybody wants right now, right? It's, I think that's what it really comes down to. Because if you see, there's uh, different looks that all of a sudden become more favorable than others, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's, uh, that, that's something else. It's, you just get lucky. Everyone just gets lucky at the right time. And it's like, oh, all of a sudden, here you go. And then it's a landslide for a few years. And then you, you end up in your first crisis. And then you, you see if you recover from that or not, right? <laughs> like that's usually <laughs> how people's careers go. They up and down, up and down. So, Where do you think that your look fits in in, in the acting world? Um, that's a tricky question. <laughs> yeah, that's a very tricky question. So I, I like to 
be versatile. So I actually, um, I did a photo shoot with my headshots and I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from people in the industry. And it's my first time doing headshots like that, right? So I I had the 10 different um, outfits ready for the photographer and everything. We walked in there and I walked in as those different characters, right? As As a rapper, as a cowboy, as a doctor, right? Like all military guy. So I, I, I wouldn't say that my, I would like to say that my look is not necessarily one-sided, that I like to be a chameleon. Mm-hmm. I like to kind of jump into those different uh, characters very easily. So I think I would enjoy being a heavy character actor, right? Like jumping around on a lot of different things, but I feel like there'd be, I would love opportunities to dig deeper on uh, certain characters. There was an opportunity I had um, uh, probably about a year and a half ago. It was a long play. Um, It was kind of a PSA for drug abuse. And it was called Down the Park by uh, local production, Shakespeare. And um, the screen or the script writer, he actually uh, wrote it based on his history and people that he knew and things like that. So it was really nice getting into that kind of like, a, I, I, it was kind of like a waiting for Godot situation where I, I played Donnie and uh, I was uh, a recovered drug abuser, right? And I was looking for my friend. I was waiting for my friend who was supposed to meet me there. And um, and so uh, it was really fun getting into that. And it, it was a tough it was a tough gig because the, uh, the director wanted the camera in just one spot for like 10 minutes. Right. And you're reading line, you're, you're doing like a play for like 10 minutes. Right. And it's, it's very difficult to remember those lines. So it challenged me to the point where I had to start thinking about the character's thought process. Right. Instead of just, okay, memorize lines, right. You can only get so far when you just memorize lines. So then you have to start thinking about, okay, how would this person respond? Why would they respond this way? What do they want? What are they looking for? Right. So once you start getting to that point, you can almost have any conversation as the character, right? Because then you're getting used to that method acting side sort of thing. I was just going to say, you, you kind of circled back to your earlier statement about, you know, putting yourself into situations and yep. there, there you have it. It is the full circle, right? That's, uh, <laughs> that's my logic. And it, and it works for me. <laughs> One thing that I like at, at asking actors is a dream role. Even if somebody, already had that what is there a movie that you wish you had that part or even if it was just a a part that was specifically for you that that you would be interested in doing because i always get all sorts of interesting answers and i i i love uh you know what you need. no one says no one ever says the same thing now you can say something somebody yeah. else said right? yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I think if we're going to go dream roll, no, no holds bar, like right. All right, you're doing this character and that's it. Like, okay. I, I would have a tough time choosing between a few, right. That I, that are heavy hitters that I absolutely love. Okay. And, uh, so, but the ones I would not pick right as number one, uh, Indiana Jones, that would be a fun one for me. I would absolutely love playing a kind of a, a slick, funny, uh, sarcastic adventurer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's been most of my life anyways, <laughs> but, um, maybe they'll redo number the, the last one and they can put you in. The yeah, lead. exactly. Maybe they can throw me in. Um, so that would be one that I wouldn't pick, but, um, I, I would love to do, uh, I, I would love to do one of Robin Williams's roles just as a tribute or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. a biography one probably on Mac Miller, who was a famous rapper. I, I would love to play that character. But I think if I, if, if it was like no holds bar, all right, whatever you want, right. The, the world's your oyster. I'd, I'd go with Batman. And, and I'll, I'll say that because 
I feel as though um, some of the people who have played Batman recently play it as kind of one one note, right? It's like, okay, when he's Batman, he's kind of dark and jaded. When he's not Batman, he's still kind of dark and jaded, right? Mm -hmm. Where I feel like I would want a greater disparity between the two because Batman's superpower was his intelligence, right? And his intelligence to be able to switch between the two. So I feel like what we're missing on that opportunity is seeing how much of a sociopath Batman really is and seeing that, that dark, jaded, like really deep man behind man behind the mask. And then also just a super playboy, right? Just a super casual, friendly playboy out in the world, throwing money around and doing whatever he wants. And so that there's a greater disparity and misunderstanding on this is the same guy. Right. Like, like you just can't tell that the difference you're like, whoa, hold on a second. These are completely two different people. And he has a lot of darkness in him that he really needs to get out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because when you're saying Batman, you're saying, you know, you got a passing resemblance to Ben Affleck. Do, do people yeah. ever tell you that? No, no. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I will we'll keep that in mind. So maybe, maybe you'll be playing Ben Affleck's brother in his next movie. Yeah, maybe, maybe that'd be fun. All right. So. If people want to find out about what you're up to, where can they follow you on social? Yeah, on social, I'm on Facebook, uh, Derek Jacks Shatine, so my full name, or DJ Shatine. And then um, on Instagram, it's at DJ Shatine. And I'm typically throwing out positivity, um, uh, philosophy, a few different uh, quotes and things of my own making. So I try to have fun with it, right? All so right. If, you look, if you're looking for that, then I would say come check me out. There you go. DJ Shatin. Keep an eye on him, folks. And uh, you can follow him on social if you want to find out about more projects, because some of them are kind of secret. And maybe he may end up with Ben Affleck. So we have to keep that. <laughs> we have to keep our fingers crossed for that one. Yes, so, yes. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Hello there, Rebels of the Sharp Illusion. If you are listening to this ad right now, you know that we've got a special show coming up on Halloween. And guess who my guest is going to be? Jennifer Page, the ghost of Halloween past. <laughs> and she's got a brand new podcast called I Talk to Ghosts. And we'll be hanging out and you will be treated to a scary story. And we will have candy and we will be uh, bobbing for apple pie. Oh, I love it. <laughs> That'll be a spooky, spooky mess. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier that way, though, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Have a listen on your favorite podcast app, even the one that you might be listening to right now. And if you don't want to listen on a podcast app, have a listen to Sharpolution.com, the spooky website. And check out Jennifer's podcast on podcast apps everywhere as well. Thanks so much to DJ Chatin for spending a little time at the Sherpa Screening Room. And thank you to you and your ears for spending a little time with me, too. We will be back next week with too many podcasts, and I will be speaking to a guy named Mike White. And Mike is the host of a podcast called The Projection Booth. And if you are a lover of movies, not just you like going to the movies, I mean, you love movies, this is an interview you're definitely going to want to check out. I had a great time speaking with him, a really fascinating guy and a vast knowledge of 
all sorts of movies. So definitely check it out. And you know what? While you're waiting, if you can, go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you could leave me a nice review and say, this is a wonderful podcast. My life is so enlightened after having listened or, you know, something like that. I don't know. But if you could do that, I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Spread the word of the show pollution, as I always say. Okay, Lord Mr. Bruce, it is time to head on out of here, and we will see you guys next week. Viva la Sherpa pollution. Thanks for listening to the Sherpa Screening Room. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. I'm Mr. Bruce, and this has been a Sherpa Loose Studios production. Viva la Sherpa Lution!